Today's episode is sponsored by Ava. Stop missing hot leads when you're out with a client or spending time with friends and family. Ava is a professional inside sales team and will respond to and nurture leads 24-7. And you step back in when the leads are ready to talk to an agent. Visit reraw.com forward slash Ava to learn more. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash A-I-V-A. Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate for real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game. Unfiltered short form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to Reraw. And now, introducing your host, James Hoff. What's happening out there, Reraw world? Welcome back to another Friday Ramble. Not going to believe who I got here with me. This, this poor bastard got suckered back into another one. What's happening, Anthony Pirro? What's going on? Thanks for having me back. Anthony of the Big Bad Bank. I got a feeling you're just going to be like a regular rambler, bro. You know, I'm here I'm here to help, here to ramble. Here to ramble. I mean, we all got stuff on our chest, right? So what are you going to do? Hey, before we get too deep into uh, the debauchery of the show here, I wanted to take a minute and just say thank you to all of you who have been listening um, if you are really a ramble follower, but you haven't checked out our sales meeting or the, the interviews that happen midweek, please go back and check them out. They still may not be for you and that's okay, but, uh, give them a shot. The sales meetings are 20 minutes or less. They're designed to be efficient and respectful of your time and the time that your clients deserve of you. And then the interviews, if you didn't listen to episode zero are intended for agents from every walk of life. So we're trying to create some relationships out there so that you guys who've got your baggage or feel like you're kind of going down that that treacherous road by yourself, you're not alone. There's other people who are in a similar place with similar circumstances that are figuring it out. And we're here to introduce all of you. So we're, we're talking to mega agents who do you know, 30, 50, $100 million in sales. We're talking to agents who are doing their first one or two or $3 million in sales and everything in between. Um, so that you understand that we're all in different parts of our journey and uh, and we're kind of going about that together, but there's always stuff that you can take from others and, and chew on. So if you haven't listened to those, they're all available on the website. You can listen to them on a bunch of streaming apps. We got iTunes, we got Google Play, we got Stitcher, yep. we got whatever. You can check them all out. So make sure you head uh, over there to, to listen to those. And then uh, subscribe to the email list. There's not a ton of emails going out right now, you guys, because I am trying to be respectful of your inboxes, but go check it out. Uh, rerod.com, it's R-E-R-A-W.com. Stands for Real Estate Raw, because that's what it is. That's what we're going for, and uh, that's the language we're speaking. So rerod.com, you get access to all the show notes, tips, tricks, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, I guess that's about, uh, that's about all the self-endorsement I think I'm gonna <laughs> do right now. Maybe we'll do some more endorsing later, but uh, yeah, it's about it. So thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're we're kind of uh, I don't know. I guess we didn't get all of it out. So <laughs> a lot more, a lot more to get off our chest. Yeah, you know, um, it's kind of funny actually because I like originally I envisioned the ramble sessions being more with like I mean I guess any, I could ramble with anybody, but it's kind of funny to strike the chord with the loan officer because. We're in different worlds, so like it's kind of a unique opportunity we have to like explore these, like these different boundaries mm -hmm. um, and different perspectives, right? Like, like here's something that I see in my world, but what do you think as someone in the industry from your perspective, right? It's kind of cool. It's it's awesome because we see two completely different sides of the same transaction. I mean, I definitely see the better side, but yeah, I totally <laughs> get it. Um, 
you guys do all the terrible work. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I feel like sometimes a real estate agent's more like a team captain. In fact, I want to open 100%. this up really quick because I was just talking to somebody about this in a class that I taught and I had asked everyone, I said, what do you consider yourself? Are you a salesperson? I think we might've chatted a little about this. Mm -hmm. We'll go down the, go down the rabbit hole, as I like to say. Um, you know, are you a salesperson? Are you a negotiator? Are you a, a, a consultant or, mm -hmm. you know, what are, what are you? Right. And, um, it was interesting to hear everybody's, uh, you know, different responses to that. And I had a great place I was going with this and I totally don't remember. Um, jump in, save me, catch my fall. Well, you know, what's crazy about, we see both uh, different sides of the same transaction is, you know, you and I are helping somebody make the biggest financial decision of most people's lives, you know, and, and it's such an emotional sale for you on the, on the real estate side, you know, you're seeing these people imagine, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to have, you know, uh, Thanksgiving in the living room. And then we need three bedrooms for, you know, for Tim and, and Tommy, and you get to, to actually see that unfold. And where you know, we see the opposite side of, you know, we see so much of the number and logical side of that right. same person. So it's a very, it's a very different um, experience, but yet you and I are ho helping the same person. And you get to see, uh, it, it's really interesting how it, it it unfolds. Yeah. And you know what? I remember what I was going to say um, to tail off of that. We're kind of like team captains as the agent. Now, yep. I, don't, I think a lot of agents probably don't realize this, but you play that same role on the lending side. Like a lot of agents will call you and they're like, you jerk, like, why didn't you get me this? And you're you're like, uh, dude, because I'm not the underwriter and I'm not, I'm not actually processing. Like you're the intake, right? Like yep. you start everything. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you know, I think consumers feel like we as real estate agents are responsible for everything, but little do they know, and don't be offended when I say this, just chill out, <laughs> but little do they know how little the real estate agent actually does, mm -hmm. right? Like we're here and you're here in many ways, not to not to disregard, this is not an insult in any way, shape or form. You have to know who to go to, Yep. but I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't know everything, but I always know who I got to go to to get the answer. So if I don't know something, I know who to call and whatever. I, you know, I don't think enough agents, enough loan officers understand how to play team captain. Well, I think that's a great analogy on your part. Like really being a, a leader or a team captain is not necessarily doing everything, but it's knowing how to delegate and point the person in the right direction. For and, sure. And yeah, great, great real estate agents are a team captain. Like I see myself as, as an assistant or even, I don't want to say subordinate because that kind of sounds weird, but the point is, is more of. Hey, I'm here to, to assist. I'm here to help. And, you know, yeah. if the realtor really is a team captain, it makes the transaction completely different. It's so much more smooth sailing. And that's why I think it's a great analogy. Yeah, I guess a lot of, I guess the, the prevailing point in all of this is a lot of agents try to take every matter into their own hands and it becomes a control issue. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, and I'm, and I'm finding this out as I continue growing and developing my team, I find that I have a lot more control when I understand where my points of leverage are. So by giving up control and letting other people do yep. what they do best, I end up doing better at what I do best because I've sacrificed a little bit of that control. And it's scary to do it for the first time, right? But like, I don't know. It, it's like so important. And, and you know what's funny is, um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, so bear with me. Someone had mentioned to me like when a baby first learns how to walk, they're, they're so not afraid, mm -hmm. right? Fearless. And if you ever look, I mean, YouTube it, it's actually, I mean, I have three young kids, so I'm fascinated by this. Excuse me. But 
what amazes me is if you watch a child learn how to walk, they they fall, and then literally they're like, okay, well, that's not cool. I got to do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they literally get back up, like completely fearless. Completely relentless. They just go. And do you, And I can't imagine that this, this isn't the answer, right? It's because they've never fallen and hurt themselves before. They haven't hit their head on the table or they <laughs> haven't cracked their skull open on the ground or whatever, right? But as agents and as adults, like we understand the consequences or the risks that come with certain things that it creates this fear that in many cases is irrational. And we feel like, hey, I can't give up control. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can do this. Yeah. But we got to give up control to actually create more control so that we can do what we're best at. Like I'm great at selling houses, but I, I've, I've noticed I'm also great at managing a team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need to delegate that so that I can be great at what I do best. Yeah. And and I think when when you realize that, it you start to realize to, uh, that it's okay to say, I don't know, but I know who does. Absolutely. You know, and then and that's the thing. That, that's the thing is like uh, one of my favorite lines is, you know, that's a great question. Let mm-hmm. me get back to you on that. Or that's a great question. Let me connect you to this person. Exactly. And I'm going to I'm going to get them on the phone right now. And you, you kind of like launch it together. Right. It's always knowing where to go. So that whole like, you know, team captain knowing who to hand the ball off to like it's the huge. quarterback's not doing most of the running on the field, mm-hmm. but they know who to get that ball to to get it into the end zone. Yep. And every now and then the QB has got to make a move and push it forward and, you know, step into like a zone of discomfort. Right. Right. But for the most part, they're like, nah, man, you go up against the defense, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, the thing is when you realize that, Hey, you don't need to be doing everything uh, in the transaction or, you know, in that analogy, everything on the field, you have so much more resource around you. You know, when you're, when you're able to, to, uh, you know, really incorporate your, your escrow officer in your team, to be able to reverse some of those questions back to sure. or your loan officer or even the other agent. It's when you are a team captain, it makes the transaction um, less I don't, uh, less hostile and more cooperative. You know, everybody's sure. on the same page when you approach it in a captain manner. Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed is like, for example, I suck at running a file. <laughs> like, I, like I know how to do it. I, you know, there's better things I can do with my time than than collecting all the signatures and doing that stuff, right? And that's why I married my my wife because she's a transaction coordinator. I'm kidding. <laughs> everyone, know, every, everyone who doesn't know me, uh, I actually my wife my wife married me. I feel like I, I lucked I, I suckered her into marrying me. Um, she knew we've known each other two thirds of our life, so she knew what she was getting into. That's why nobody feels bad for her. But no, she's uh, been in the real estate business longer than I have. I I was in uh, corporate sales when we first got married so it's called humor ladies and gentlemen no, it's part no of the sight, show <laughs> no foresight of being on the uh, uh in the real estate business but um the running joke is i i sleep with a transaction coordinator and uh and i get <laughs> i get the least benefit from it yeah. everyone's like oh what do you, oh dude you probably get like so favored i'm like no actually my files get done last yeah and you get because, no preference or yeah. prefer- preferential treatment and you everyone's like nothing. well it's because you don't you probably don't pay her i'm like actually i do like i legitimately pay her to run my transactions and to run the transactions for all my team members and then and, and i go but you know what's worse i'm actually her highest paying customer because not only do i pay her her transaction fee i also pay her half of my commission yeah because the state apparently requires it is this whole community property shit she's taking half and and she's still getting paid I mean, I guess I get half of her stuff too, so whatever. But anyway, fair. No, but uh, but my, I guess my my point is is that she she's phenomenal at what she does. 
And not, I'm not blowing smoke on that. Like, even if she wasn't my wife, she would absolutely be my TC. Mm-hmm. She runs hundreds of files a year, like three or 400 files a year. Knows crazy. what she's doing. That's crazy volume. She's a licensed realtor. She's got it all right. But I know how to run the file. I suck at it. Not because I don't understand it. So now here comes the next thing I want to talk about quickly is that understanding how to do something and passing it off anyway is different than not knowing what the hell is going on and asking somebody else to break your fall. Yep. And and that's that's a thing that I think agents get real dangerous with. Like, like you don't know how to write a contract, so you hire someone to write your contracts. Like your mm-hmm. TC or your office manager, whatever, writes your contracts. But you don't really know how to write the contract. See, I don't mind having somebody else do that work because it's administrative work. Yeah. I give them the terms and say, plug it into the blanks. But I don't want to spend the time doing it. I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. But you got to know how to do the stuff before you pass it off. Yeah. And then always know where to pass it off. Doesn't mean you have to have all the answers, mm-hmm. but you've got to understand the basics. So I suck at running a file, but I understand the transaction. So I pass that work off to somebody who can do it so I can be best at what I'm best at. Yeah. And that's just meaning that you're never going to be vulnerable because if you don't know how to write that contract, then you're always going to be in need of somebody else. And that's that's a position nobody wants to be in. Of, yeah. Of yeah. being vulnerable. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like I feel like I have to make a quick announcement. Um, so Anthony and I, if you haven't listened to the previous, uh, I got to look at the episode, actually. Which one was it? I think oh, we had a pretty we had a pretty heated debate. About oh, pizza. Don't you're gonna bring this up now? I'm just gonna do it. Okay. I mean, we haven't had. All right. Well, we probably haven't had enough to drink yet. But uh, in case you're wondering what we're drinking, we... um, <laughs> Maker's Mark, uh, you can send it. <laughs> send the check to threes. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but no, we, uh, we we brought some pie in, man, from from ballpark, and uh, you got the fun guy. And... I got some fun guy and a little pepperoni. Pepperoni, sausage, and, and uh, some fungi, and then I did the double the double play in its true form, which is pepperoni and sausage, and then we tried something crazy. You guys, you're not ready for this. I, I mean, I'm re- I'm ready. I've done this before, <laughs> but I got to tell you, I don't think you've done this before. So we're gonna get the real feedback. We ordered a TKO, which is a ballpark pizza in Mission Viejo. It's got to be their creation. It, it's unbelievable. You phenomenal. I mean, I can stand here and say that I was wrong on the previous episode phenomenal pizza so it's ranch instead of it's ranch instead of the the, the pizza red sauce, sauce. yeah mm-hmm. and then it's got jalapenos oh and then lemon pepper chicken you guys this and is guys, crazy oh my god it's unbelievable <laughs> so so we've got some good beer we've got some whiskey we've got bellies full of pizza pie and uh Damn it, we're doing all right. So, you know, forgive us if we snooze off. Yeah. We haven't touched the wings yet, though, out of respect for the audience. So we can finish the episode. Hey, so I do want to bring something up. Cool. Um, I had a really weird... Ah, dude, I, I, I'm really conflicted about this, to be honest with you. I had a really weird encounter uh, with, a, with a loan officer who's been in business for a really long time over an appraisal recently. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And um, I feel like this comes up from time to time. But this one threw me a curveball. It's a loan officer I worked with before. Uh, if he's listening to the show, I don't even know if he realizes this is him. And I don't really care what he thinks because we're going we're gonna to go deep on this because I actually want to know what your thoughts are. Um, I represented the buyer on this buyer on a transaction. Yep. And um, loan officer is a great guy. 
knowledgeable, been in business for a bit, absolutely should not be have done what he did. Okay. In my opinion. We'll talk more about that in a minute. The transaction had its bumps, which was no big deal, but we get the appraisal done, go in for request for repairs, don't have the appraisal back yet. While we're waiting for uh, appraisal to come back, send out request for repairs. I think we were asking for about three thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look at okay. the transaction. Not, you know, crazy. It's like it was about a six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars, somewhere in that ballpark. Six to seven hundred thousand dollar transaction. So three grand, not terrible. No, not asking for much. We were asking for pretty much credit towards closing costs. Appraisal comes in above value. Good, good. It's great. Absolutely great. So I get a phone call while I'm at my listing in another place for like $1.5 I'm about to show a property. And <laughs> this other agent calls me and says, hey, um, have you checked your email? And I said, no. Did you guys respond to the request for repairs? He goes, well, I wanted to call you first because... We got the email from the lender. Oh, no. Yeah, the appraisal came in 5K over. <laughs> yeah, it came in 5K over. And I'm like, what? Thinking like, what What do you mean it came in 5K? How do you know that? You're the listing agent, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I was really pissed. Really, really pissed. Heated. Because frankly, it fucked my negotiation mm -hmm. on this request for repairs. And the guy was like, yeah, we're not. The seller is not going to credit the $3,000 towards repairs because not only are you getting that in the added value since it appraised high, but you're getting even more than that because it appraised high. Yeah, he's thinking he sold the house five grand short. Now, here's what got me. Loan officer, when I did look at the email, sends it out <laughs> and goes, hey, um, I just I got great news. Appraisal came in $5,000 over value. Mm -hmm. So I responded, but took everybody else out. I responded just to the loan officer and his assistant. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? My jaw is on the floor. I can't believe you just said that to the listing agent. I'm in the middle of negotiating a request for repairs. Yeah. And you're going to screw us. And the lender came back and said verbatim, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. I've never once had anybody tell me this was a problem before. That's ridiculous. I mean, never literally said I've never once had anybody tell me this was a problem before. Well, you know, that's that, that's just why, you know, people in their experience doesn't mean that they've know everything. And the reason why I say that is I mean, you're already saying it. That information already destroyed your leverage to be able to do what you were trying to do for your customer i mean they lost the money they i mean i say they lost right like they they ended up winning theoretically in the end anyway right but like my job is to position the client but that's still three grand out of their pocket that they were trying not to spend well and i i guess what pissed me off is i went back to the lender and i said hey on on a tangent like total side note let's take this transaction out of the equation for a minute i had a phone conversation with them and i just said hey look like you guys put me in a really awkward position. Yep. Because going back to our team captain discussion, mm -hmm. there's two of them, the realtor and the lender. Yeah. But usually the realtor is the lead dog. 
Absolutely. And the client calls me first. Now I got to explain to client that they're not doing the request for repairs. Yeah. Okay. Not the end of the world. But then the client goes, what the fuck? Why? And I got to give them a reason. Yeah. And the reason is, well, listen, I, you know, the appraisal came in high. Yeah. Like and so the thing. seller, the seller doesn't feel, and the buyer cuts me off and goes, how does the seller know? Mm-hmm. So the, even the buyers on this, and this was a first time buyer, by the way. Oh my gosh. Even the buyers like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You, st- you, you got thrown into the lion's den. So, and guys, I got to tell you, it's not something I've not dealt with before. So it's not like this is uncharted territory for me. Um, but it's super uncomfortable. No, but I wanted your opinion as a lender. Well, I, I when just, do you tell the other side what the appraisal came in at? Well, that you know, that's a good question because I always feel that I'm there to help everybody in the transaction. But my true customer is the borrower, the person who I'm giving the money, and the buying agent. Yes, I need to communicate with this listing agent and let them know what's going on. But at the end of the day, those are the two people who are really my customers because that's who I have to answer to. I, I really don't have to answer to the listing agent unless I unless I absolutely have to. And my point of just answering that is or saying that is that I know that at all times a real estate transaction is up to negotiation. I need to always communicate to my borrower and and my buying agent before I talk to the listing agent because of exactly what just transpired. Well, yeah, and so so I think, and we may have rambled about this before, but what it comes back to is the negotiation doesn't belong to us. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's right. like, you know, and so people say, well, are you in sales? Are you a great negotiator? And I'm like, you know, I think I'm an amazing consultant. Right. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to think that I position each negotiation in its best light. Mm-hmm. However, I don't feel like it's like I feel like I'm great at negotiating in the sense that if I'm not in real estate, I can negotiate like crazy. But when I'm helping a buyer and a seller handle a negotiation, it's literally the two of them negotiating. Yeah. Through the real estate agent. So I'm a facilitator, not a negotiator. I agree. But with I that. consult on the position I think they should take. And then if they give me feedback and say, I don't like your feedback, I'd rather go this way instead. Then I come back and go, all right, how do you feel about me positioning your opinion in this way? Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's not you who really lost that $3,000 right. uh, repair request. It's the customer. Right. And, and, and that's why I always just feel like, before I disclose anything to a selling agent, I need to at least be like, hey, um, a, bar, a customer of mine, buying agent of mine, this is what's being asked. This is uh, what's happening with the transaction. Do I have your permission? Yeah, here's what yeah. the appraisal came in at. This, Are you okay with me sending it? You got to do that all first. And the reason being is to prevent the one out of 25 or 100 times that this can transpire. So loan officer uh, came back to my email or my, my phone conversations like, well, I'm sorry. Like, I forget what it was. I, I feel like it may have been an email. Excuse me if I'm misspeaking. But regardless, the communication back and forth was basically like, dude, you really effed me. Mm-hmm. Like on a side note, when we're working with my clients, I don't care what your normal practice is. Don't you ever do that again. And the, the lender came back and said, you know, I don't understand what your problem is. I I always share good news. And you know, I I here's the thing. I I here's there's two reasons I hate this. 
Number one, I think I think he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. So the first thing is you're an asshole because what you're trying to do is make yourself look like a superhero. Like, hey, yep. look at me. Yep. We got your fucking appraisal in high. That's exactly what he wanted. The second problem is this. I know that my entire job is to protect the best interest of my client through hell and high water as long as it's within the legal and ethical boundaries that I'm required to operate in. Yep. And this motherfucker didn't do that. No. Absolutely not. And and that's that's the whole thing that I think uh whether it's another loan officer listening right now or or agents and new agents who are deciding who to work with is a lot of lenders just want to, you know, uh, look good. They want to do a good job, and they'll do. Yeah. And as soon as they they have done a good job, or the appraisal has came in high, they want everyone in the world to know about it. Absolutely. But that doesn't help you when you're when you're putting your customer at risk. And my whole point of mentioning that is really understand, you know, on the loan officer side, you're there to help the buyer. The agents are there to help the buyer or the, the buying agent is there to help the buyer, but you don't need to, you know, highlight every good thing that you do. Cause at the end of the day, as long as you get that customer into that home and, and don't risk any type of potential challenge, such as this one, then you've done a good job. And that speaks, uh, that speaks volume by itself. Yeah. So let me throw, so let me throw something at you then. So, um, I'm, and I'm totally shooting this from the hip. I'm just thinking this while the words are coming out of your mouth. So what you got? You don't have to share everything as it's happening, right? Obviously, if a house goes in from active on the market to being an escrow, mm -hmm. you know you might you have to change the status in the MLS. Some people add a rider sign. Hey, look at how great I am. Whatever. Congrats yep, yep. to my client. All right. Now, some people go online and they make a big spectacle about it. Now, I get it. I, I, I actually I don't totally get it. Like real estate's one of the only businesses where people brag legitimately brag about the fact yeah. that like they get their client house their their house sold or like hey look at how much i screwed this buyer for and get the highest <laughs> comp in the neighborhood like <laughs> you yeah. know whatever but um uh, i i don't know how i feel about agents that go in and they post on facebook like yeah in escrow fuck yeah look at me yeah two days on the market but here's why because 15 days later when that falls out and then they're like, Hey, please mourn the loss with me of our current, you know, of <laughs> yeah. our previous transaction that fell out. But after two more days on the market, <laughs> it will be got it back in, you know, it's like, so I, I kind of, I get conflicted about that because I think to myself, like this was in the class that I taught the other day. We were talking about the, uh, the broker, the buyer broker agreement. Now, this is a hot topic, which is probably... I'll set it for another ramble with you. We could talk yeah. about that later. Okay. But put it um, in the bank. Yeah, put, yeah, write that down because broke, buyer broker agreement. But my question was, or my question is, who does that serve? It doesn't serve the buyer. It serves the agent or the brokerage, right? Yep. And so who does it serve when you go in and say, hey, look, I got this transaction. I got this listing under contract. If all contingencies are removed, I, I actually might be in favor of it. But I kind of think it's a weird thing when you're like two days on the market. You've been in escrow for like four hours and you're like, fuck, yeah, look how amazing I am. Got the house in escrow. And then two days later, it falls out because they didn't really have the money or they, 
you know, whatever. Not only do you as the agent kind of look dumb, mm-hmm. you kind of screw the seller, right? Oh, yeah. Because then everyone's like, well, what the hell happened? I thought that was under contract. Yeah, why isn't this go- selling? Hasn't this fallen out like seven times now? <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. It, it's not really doing a service. And, and going back to that, it's just, I, you know, I always gone by that the old school saying of, you know, the loudest one in the room is always the weakest one in the room. You know, mm. you, those people who just, you know, who, who want to say how good of a job I am and look, this appraisal came in high. Yeah. Be skeptical of that. Because at the end of the day, if you always do a good job, you you don't need to be uh, loud and proud. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, it goes back to, and I'm sure I've said this before, but it goes back to protect your client's best interest first. Yeah. And everybody wins in the end. Yeah. And, you know, to add to that, just because uh, if there are other loan officers list, uh, listening or even, uh, you know, realtors, one thing that I've always done to help is that when it comes to purchase transactions, I always tell both the buying agent and the listing agent, hey, look, I'm going to give you an update every Tuesday and Friday. Oh, okay? that's cool. Because, hey, Mondays are crazy and, and nobody wants to go into a weekend not knowing what's going on with their transaction. Yeah. And my point of saying that is, you know, bringing up the appraisal topic, it's if the, if if he would simply have had that conversation with you on a Friday before releasing that email, you could have also gotten those requests for repairs for that uh, for that buyer by just simply communicating and but knowing your priorities that my customer as a loan officer is always the buyer and the buying agent first, listing agent second. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, gosh, there's just, I don't know, man. I don't even know how we turn the mic off. I, I feel like the ramble is just indefinite. It's like we've, if you work for a year in real estate, you can speak for eight years about all the shit that you've seen. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll be here till 2021, guys. So just check in on us, make sure we're still here. Yeah, so makers, if you could please send more. And then uh, Ballpark and who else we got? Uh, uh, Captain Morgan. Uh, Modelo, um, please send the case to a 302. <laughs> no. So what else is going on in your world, man? What uh, You got anything you got to blow some steam on? or You know, I'm just getting excited uh, for the, the summer coming up. We're getting, you know, we're really busy. But, you know, uh, you know I got to tell you just about you know, kind of where the industry is on my end, it's like, you know, rates have been skyrocketing, which is for yeah, me, where are we at now? Let's talk about that. Where oh my, at? you know, on a purchase transaction, 30 year fix is 4.375. I mean, that's, it's very cheap money, but you know, had you talked to me nine months ago, it would have been three and a half. Crazy. Yeah, it, it that's is. A bit, per, percentage wise, that's a huge jump. Huge. huge. I mean, you know, if it's a $600,000 loan, you know, the, the difference is about four, uh, 350, 400 bucks a month. If it's a million bucks, uh, you're looking at over $500 a month difference. Jeez. <laughs> but you know why I'm saying that is, you know, a lot of people are just saying, oh, you know, rates are high. You know, it's 4.375. You know, why can't we get into threes anymore? Look, I'm a young guy, you know. I started in this industry though. I it was 2002. I was selling seven and a half percent. My point of saying that is not to talk about the past, but you guys, money is cheap right now. Four point three percent is cheap money, but a lot of people, because of the last you know eight years or the status quo, whatever you want to refer to it as, yeah, rates have been up. But at the end of the day, 
you guys got to keep the big picture. Money is cheap. It's only it's only going to get more expensive the years to come. All right. So I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off. I'm here, but I got to I got to do this. Yes. So this is a time when rates are starting to crawl up. Yep. And we're talking about people going, "Holy shit, now's the time to buy." If yep. you don't buy now, the rates are going to skyrocket and you're screwed. What is your opinion on selling with fear tactics? In which way? Like selling a As home in, in like, fear hey, tactic? Like, or? hey, listen, I've got a buyer and I'm like, and they're, and they're on the fence. They're like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we should do this. And I come up to you. I'm like, dude, Anthony, you got, I mean, now's the time, man. Like, like rates yep. are already at 4.375. I mean, just nine months ago, they were in like the mid threes or 4.375. I mean, they could be 7% by next year, man. It's like now or you're fucked. What do you, how do you feel about the scare tactic implemented by agents in those situations? Or, or by lenders, for that matter. Well, I, I feel like it's it can definitely be a negative thing depending on... And here's the thing. I want to be clear about this, whoever's listening. Make sure you're listening to this in the proper way that I say it. It's all about the person's number one priority. Their best interest. Yeah. If they're looking to to buy a, a home that they want to flip and get going, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Yeah. Right now is going to be a good time because the rate's lower. You're not going to have to, uh, whether it's a conventional or whether it's a standard loan through a bank or a hard money loan, if you're going to just try to get into a house, flip it, and get rid of it in 12 months, do it now. Don't wait as long as it's the right home uh, to do your your, inve- your your investment approach. Because, yes, six months from now, that rate's going to be higher. And guess what? That's going to cost you more money. Also, if it's a first-time home buyer and you are trying to buy a home to start a family and you're going to be in it for the long run, stop sitting on the fence. Right. Go and do it if you're willing to hold that home. Because the whole thing is, is there's this, right now we're in this interesting period where everything's going great. The feds are starting to pull back their, their training wheels. And look. If you're going to buy and sell a home in 12 months, do it now. If you're going to buy a home and hold it for seven years or more or uh, you know, five years or more, then do it now. But in the middle. But in the middle. If you're saying, careful. oh, I don't know if I'm going to be here in the next 24, 36 months, seriously think about your decision. Yeah. So this is, I, and I'm, I'm actually really digging this right now, man, because you're like, this is striking a chord with me. So understanding your client's best interest and understanding not just their best interest, but understanding their motives. Yep. Understanding what their needs are is super important. And in this game, and if we haven't talked about this in a sales meeting, we will soon in this game. If you're not asking the right questions, you're screwed. Yep. We focus so often on leading the conversation to get the yes that we want to hear, but getting a yes is actually pretty easy you like it, it it doesn't add value yeah you know like if i like i'll give you an example anthony do you want to buy a house yeah cool <laughs> what the fuck does that mean i mean like it, I, i've, I've not a lot the, of value i've there. literally never met the person who's like nah i don't want to buy mm-hmm. now that person might be like nah i don't want to buy because the market's shitty but i'll tell you what i'd love to buy a 20 million dollar house because <laughs> they have the money like everybody wants to buy something mm-hmm. it could be a house it could be a lamborghini it could be a ferrari it could be whatever it doesn't matter right yep but you're not you got to ask a question that has value that adds something and the problem is a lot of people are so focused on getting the yes they're not understanding the importance of getting their clients 
like the real answers and and the needs of the client. Mm-hmm. It almost, I, I don't know. Is it almost because they're afraid of it? I maybe I don't know. I, I think it just comes from it. Um, maybe it could be experience. It could be um, desperation. But I, I mean, I agree. But with afraid, you. afraid of not the now game. Yeah. Like the, ah, damn it. If I ask this question wrong, they're not going to buy now and I'm going to scare them away. Everybody is so eager for that. They're yeah. trying to get that yes right now. But the difference between um, great, good salesmen or great and good realtors and great salesmen and or great realtors is when you can identify that and identify what the customer's real needs are, you separate yourself because then you do another thing. You establish trust. And that's yeah. and that's that's huge because then you're actually able to be viewed as a resource and also be viewed as as somebody who you, who they can come to you for their real estate needs. Yeah, and I I think you know I I'm a big believer in the takeaway approach, um, which is I mean I don't know I guess it's a little conflicting in some in some cases right because when you really need the money, it can be difficult to walk away from something great. Yeah, but you got to protect your client's best interest, and you got to understand what their true needs are. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that I always ask my clients a hundred percent of the time: How long are you planning on being in this house? What what's what's your game? Because mm-hmm. what a lot of people do, especially in California, now keep in mind, guys, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna be very clear. I don't, I understand real estate, and I can analyze the numbers in any market, but I'm, I mean, I understand like on an average national scale like what's going on but like if you're in like i don't know a specific city in like wyoming or something like i don't know what's happening in your market yeah okay but out here prices are so high i mean like sky freaking high through the roof and like average average price point on a single family home in south orange county is about 700 750 grand yeah and we're not talking like we're not talking ten thousand square foot lots (laughs) <laughs> no, and we're not, and we're also not talking like five thousand square foot houses. We're talking like a two or three thousand. No, not even a three. You're probably yeah. talking a two thousand square foot house with maybe a thirty five hundred square foot lot. Yep, seven hundred fifty grand. Just enough room for the backyard. But what a lot, and and so what a lot of people are doing is they're pushing. You know, they, they don't have the money to do upgrades after they're spending every penny they got just to be able to put the down payment, and. What happens is you get these people that go, well, I mean, the market's appreciating at 5% on average per year, so I'm just going to sell this in two years. And, and the problem is, is everyone bases that on like a short, a short history of yeah. shit, and it scares me. I was going to say that that's a very, very um, narrow mindset to actually make a decision on because the whole, the whole thing is, is that that's only subject to, you know, we've been in this anomaly of of an economic situation in the last eight years where we've had training wheels we've had great cheap money well, well yeah. that's all changing yeah. and and we're going in and we are in not going into we are in a different a market right now buying these homes and that's why it's more imperative than ever to understand your clients needs and long-term objectives yeah and i i mean it also is a is a testament to how important it is to understanding the the market mm-hmm you know, so not just understanding the client's yeah. needs, but understanding the client's needs while overlaying their needs with market conditions. Because I think what what we see a lot of is you get you get an agent that just literally will say something <laughs> to the effect of, oh, "Yeah, I mean it's going up like seven percent a year, so fucking for sure." And buy this years, now, you're out. You know, 
And guys, if it were that easy, like everybody would be doing it, right? Yep. That's, I, I mean, that's what they say. That's what people say about everything, right? That's a huge cliche. And cliche is like this this fucked up word because everyone's like, oh, well, that's very cliche. Yeah, because it's probably true. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it were like, easy, hey, you know, oh, what's the cliche? If it were easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. a, that's exactly it. <laughs> it's not that easy. But that's why I think like what you just said is like a huge thing for, uh, for me as a lender coming on this side, the big bad bank. And I'm saying it that way because I like it now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you're you're hitting the nail on top of the head, man. Being a great and any real estate agent who's listening, like if you can really do that, layer uh, your understanding of your market, your local market, and understanding your clients' needs. I'm telling you, it, it separates you from your competition massively. It, it's not even the same world because so many people are just trying to sell a home, but they're not trying to actually build a relationship with each of these clients. Right. Right. And, and I, you know, to continue tailing on that and, and kick the dead dog just a little bit harder. Um, <laughs> oh, God. yeah, it was a chihuahua by the way. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I really, I, I hate chihuahuas. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Here, you, you punt this one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I just look, the, the thing is, is not understanding the general market if you don't understand the national market that's fine but if you don't understand your local market then you're an asshole mm-hmm. I, and, and, and just fyi you are actually an asshole yeah and i mean that a hundred percent if you don't understand your local market and i don't mean the community that you you put your open house signs up in i'm saying if you don't understand your local market like what's going on in your county mm-hmm. then you're a fucking asshole because you are actually going to hurt actually going to hurt people so listen 100 and i mean it i mean this from the absolute bottom of my heart and the pits of my soul if you don't know what you're doing that's okay but you need to own it yep. and ask for help the bigger thing the bigger thing you can do is ask for help like they say oh you know the you know well i don't want to go to therapy okay go to therapy that's the harder it's the harder thing to do but humbling yourself and putting your head down and doing it is like go to therapy right like yeah it's the same idea guys like you got to understand that it's not your money that you're playing with and and when a when a client comes to you and says i want i want to sell this house in two years if you if you're like look if I had a crystal ball, I'd be so fucking rich. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. And and I'll <laughs> I'll tell you one of my yeah. favorite. I'll tell you one of my favorite lines. People go, "What do you think the market's going to do in two years?" Verbatim, my answer, because if I had a crystal ball, I I'd fucking sell them and be rich right now, and I wouldn't have to worry <laughs> about it. But the reality is, is I, I I'm making the same educated guess as you are. Now, in my personal opinion, it's probably going to be like this. Yeah, but. If you're not committed to staying in this home for the next X amount of time, then I would caution you on on it on where you're setting your expectations. Now, what I'm not telling my client is, hey, if you're planning on moving in two years, then fuck it, don't buy here. What I'm telling people is, hey, if you're planning on moving in two years and expecting to make a 10% gain, like Dumb. like hope for the best but be but prepared be and understand that when you buy your house mm-hmm. you're all re- you're immediately 7% under yeah and, and guys so and i'm sorry i'm i'm not giving you a chance here you got to talk in no, a minute no keep going babe off, keep going you know you you it, this all comes back to setting expectations when a when a client 
buys a house, they feel like they fucking win. Like, dude, this house is insane. I could fucking flip it like in a month and make like a million dollars. It doesn't work that way. Unless you're putting money in that you know for sure you can get out because you bought it and the margin's there and you're making like a business decision. This is an investment yep. deal, right? Correct. But what what agents don't often understand, fuck the client for a minute. What agents don't often understand is that you're like 5 to 8% underwater when you buy a house immediately. And it's because, think of it, you've got turn costs. You've got closing costs you've got which include agent commissions which are not cheap mm -hmm. um even if you're a discount broker by the way they're not cheap and and then you've got you know your title stuff you've got potentially attorney's fees you got all kinds of shit you're you're literally underwater immediately walking in so you've got to figure out does that crystal ball read that you've got a seven percent gain in two years because if you don't you're not even breaking even. Yeah, I got a. I have a perfect example of that. Actually, it's funny. Is All that side of it's perfect? Keep well, like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Easy there. <laughs> so I, I, it's funny because agents that are are listening understand your local market. So I did. I was doing a refinance for this guy um, last month in Marietta. Uh, I'm not going to mention the the person's name, of course, but um, he bought beautiful. 8,500 square foot, just massive home, right? In Marietta, in the middle of nowhere. It was not, it wasn't in in the actual city. It was, it was away. Okay. He bought this home for a million fifty last year in Marietta. Okay. If you guys don't know where that is, it, it's very, um, semi-rural and and a million fifty is not the average home price. Yeah. The average home price over here is going to be about 480. So I'm saying a million fifty. If this is in, uh, you know, Orange, L.A. County, this home would have been like two and a half million. I mean, it, it, it was massive. The guy wanted to do a refinance to be able to take out some cash to be able to help pay for his family's needs because he overextended himself. Mm -hmm. Right. So I go and do the appraisal. It comes in what he purchased it for 12 months later. Yeah. He swore to the heavens and the loan gods that it was worth more. I even got. Um, I even went down to the realtor, said, "Okay, send me some comps," which I didn't agree with because they were not even close to the same property. They're like, "Well, price per square foot, it would be this. Price per square foot's not the end game, guys. I'm sorry." But my point of bringing this up, I ordered a second appraisal for this guy. I ate the cost. I said, "No problem. I want to help you." In one year with two appraisals, it came in for what he purchased it at. Okay. So my point is, okay, obviously he didn't lose money, but my point is, is you guys, it's not a guaranteed 7% year over year. Understand your local market and don't just sell the dream to these customers because sometimes their livelihood is needing to access that value into their home. And P.S., even if their livelihood isn't, uh, it isn't dependent mm -hmm. on that, it doesn't give you the out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking be responsible. Like, all these people are like, well, I don't really need to know the contract because I have a fucking contract manager. Yeah. You know what? Learn how to write the fucking contract before Absolutely. you ask somebody else to write the contract. Yeah. Because learn how to write what? the contract. Yeah. You, it's the instrument that you use yeah. to do your shit, to, like, run your business and play the game. And just the same way of know your local market. Don't just be throwing people into the, oh, well, that's what they want. No. Well, I mean, that's fine. If that's what they want, that's great. But also understand what 
you are providing to these people. For sure. Yeah, understand your value. And guys, you know, uh, being able to put a sign in the ground and having a TC who can, you know, send your shit out for signature is not value, in case you were wondering. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, um, I think it's probably posted on Facebook and other shit too, but if you follow me on Instagram, um, I mean, I, I literally posted this the other day. I'm like, <laughs> so if you're doing what every other agent is doing, that's not unique value. <laughs> like, that, like, like, here's my favorite one. People go like, oh, yeah. Um, so hit me up today and I'll give you a free uh, market analysis on your home. <laughs> and I'm like, and to me as a, as a consumer... Like, even before real estate, I'm like, yeah, you're fucking right, you will. You know, it's <laughs> Give like, me that shit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm sorry, so my $700,000 house, you're going to make eighteen grand on? Yeah, you're going to fucking give me a market analysis. <laughs> of course you are. I judge your competency based on how well you analyze the market and tell me what my home is worth. So thanks for offering to do something that your fucking job should be doing no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that you know? it sounds it sounds so weird when you say not it that a unique way. differentiator. Yeah, no, you're not. All you're yeah. doing is just is just creating fluff. The the unique value. So I, dude, we're bouncing around a lot, which is great. That's why we fucking ramble. But like the the the, the unique value props that people <laughs> add just cracks me up, man. Like. Yeah, hit me up today. And for the next 48 hours, I'll give you a free market analysis on your home. You know, find out what your home is worth today. Like, okay. Guys, there's a hundred different places that people could do that. And by the way, whether whether they're accurate online or not, that doesn't mean that the consumer doesn't find the value in it. So you have to be like, you have to add actual value shit or you're just sucking. So... I don't know, just dude. be throwing crap out there, guys, in the market. Just yeah, it, it creates a lot of uh, ambiguity and, and just bullshit in gen- in general. Absolutely. Look, so I want to wrap this um, because I feel like feel like you guys probably need to get your ass out in the field and sell a fucking house. Maybe work with a client, take someone to lunch that you haven't talked to in a while, and add some value to them. But the big thing I I want to say today is put your client's best interest first. When you do that, everybody wins, mm-hmm. okay? Understand that you're playing with somebody else's money. It's not your deal, but you sure can screw up somebody else's. And what, I mean, what what do you want to add to that? Like, what, we talked about a lot today. What do you want to add to that? Um, I got to say is that uh, knowing who, who your clients really are on, as a loan officer, you know, you're there for yeah. the borrower, you're there for the buying agent, you're there to help the listing agent when needed, but just um, be part of where your loyalty lies. Where your loyalty lies, and 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 you know, going back to that team captain analogy, you know, hey, my realtor is going to be my captain. I'll follow him, and before I do anything, you know, you got to run it up through the chain. Yeah, absolutely. So ask the right questions. Yeah, I would Learn, say that. Ask, ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. Understand your client. Um, we, we talked about appraisers, so I looked up online while we were sitting here, uh, a joke <laughs> about appraisers. What you got? Um, what does an appraiser's wife say when, when she can't sleep? I don't know. She says, uh, hey, honey, uh, tell me about your day at work. 
That's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at all these jokes and like uh, all these jokes and like uh, shitty, shitty. <laughs> totally a dad's joke, but I fucking love this one. So there it is, the two liner right there. Anyway, guys, remember something when you're out in the field. Real agents work. You fucking got to be one of them. And if you're not, then you need to sit down and think about what you're doing. We've got rerod.com available for you at your disposal to uh, to to check everything out. Look at all the tips and tricks and resources that we have available to you. And uh, thank you, Anthony, for for joining us today uh, on the Ramble session. You're going to hear a lot more, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, man. It it, it really is my pleasure, and I mean that. Um, I think you're anybody can ramble with us, but we got a couple regulars here that that. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I jive with, so it keeps the conversation flowing and it makes it fun and, and happening. So yeah, baby, here to kick some ass. Yeah, and appreciate you not bringing the fucking pineapple in on your pizza, but uh, yeah, bro, it yeah, tastes good. So gross. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, guys, so check out rerod.com. Uh, Real agents work. Make sure you're one of them. Get your ass out in the field. Sell some stuff this weekend. I hope you have the best rest of your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday ever. I just want to remind you that, you know, RERA is here as an educational resource. We're here to help you. You get a lot of access to free content. Some of you have been reaching out about a deeper dive and uh, so- sooner than expected, actually. Uh, the point was always to get there. Yeah, they're, but, they're blowing us up right now. Yeah. So the, the coaching is available. Coaching is absolutely available. Um, digital product is being created uh, for for your disposal in the future, or for your. I, I guess you could chew on. I don't know if disposals right. You're not going to buy it and throw it away. But <laughs> yeah. but uh, but no, coaching's available now, and uh, I, I'm not taking everybody on, and, and that's on purpose. I'm not I'm not the right fit for all of you. Some of you aren't the right fit for me. Uh, but but I am taking on clients. If you'd like to have a free consultation to find out if we would be compatible and if it makes sense and if I can actually add to your business and and frankly if you can you know help me add to your business then then let's talk. So um, you can hit me up james at rerod.com. You can hit the contact form through rerod.com. Uh, I, I'm sure someone could find a way to weasel my phone number like whatever it is but uh, but hit me up. I, I you know we're, we're, I'm here to help. The, the entire inspiration behind this podcast is to help you grow your business because by helping you grow your business, we bring we elevate this industry and we bring all of us to an upper game so we don't have to work with shitty agents anymore. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing right there. So anyway, head to rerod.com. Hit me up. I'd love to meet you. Love to talk to you. And fuck, if you want to ramble with me. Maybe if you want to ramble with me and Anthony, right? Come maybe, on down, baby. Dude, maybe we like we, we could like <laughs> we'll do a little guest on a call. Yeah, we'll do like a live, like you know, I'll hold the phone up to the microphone, like wah, wah, come wah, on wah, in. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> what they said was, yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, hit us up. So just remember something as you go into the weekend. Real agents work. You guys need to kick some ass, take some names, and uh, play hard. Nothing comes easy in this business, and uh, that's on purpose because. The, uh, the players the players are going to get it done. All right? So make sure you're one of them. All right? Have a great weekend, everyone. And uh, thanks again to Anthony for, for kicking it with us. So head to rerod.com. Check out the shows, the show notes. Listen to past episodes. You can get a hold of Anthony uh, over there as well and probably figure out what Big Bad Bank he works for if, if you get a hold of him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if there's no other reason to go there, it's actually to figure that out because <laughs> that that's it right there. And uh, I think we're going to go eat these fucking wings. And uh, I'm out, dude. See you guys later. All right, guys. Have a good weekend.
Today's episode is sponsored by Ava. Stop missing hot leads when you're out with a client or spending time with friends and family. Ava is a professional inside sales team and will respond to and nurture leads 24-7. And you step back in when the leads are ready to talk to an agent. Visit rerod.com forward slash Ava to learn more. Again, that's rerod.com forward slash A-I-V-A. 